Hello, everybody. This is Parrish Alford with the Daily Journal, and you have tuned in to another edition of the Justify Your Existence podcast, where we talk all things Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and the SEC. We're going to talk a little bit about Ole Miss's new defensive coordinator hire today, Pete Golding. And I'm joined by Gary Harris, a longtime friend, going back to uh, our days in Meridian, Mississippi. Gary, long time ago. How are you? I'm doing well, Paris. Yeah, those years ago, and uh, I, I sometimes it it hits me because I had a I enjoyed my time in Meridian, spent a little time in Jackson as well. I enjoyed Mississippi, but I have been in Tuscaloosa 25 years now. Yeah, it, it's um, crazy how uh, how the years just fly off, man. The, the days just roll off the calendar. I know uh, in August it'll be 30 years for me in Tupelo, and. Uh, didn't necessarily intend to stay that long. Didn't intend not to, you know, just, uh, you know, got in a good groove with, uh, you know, a company that's been very supportive of college coverage and, and, and that's been good. Now you are with WVUA, the sports director, channel 23, Tuscaloosa. That's the university's uh, commercial television station. Tell yeah. us about how that works. Indeed, Paris, very similar circumstance for me as, as, as you related to yourself. When I got here, uh, I, I came in, in uh, November of 97, we went on the air January 26, 1998. And at the time, the television station was a new TV station. It had been put up, uh, put on the air by a group of local businessmen. Kind of the story behind it, real quickly for the for the viewers and, and listeners, is that uh, Tuscaloosa had been its own television market. It had a CF, WCFT, a CBS affiliate here for years, and had WDBB at one time, which was uh, Channel 17, an independent station. And then Aniston was its own market. Well, the market collapsed, and it became all one TV market, Birmingham. So there was a CBS in Aniston, which I'd actually worked at, too, Channel 40 at one time, and then a CBS in Tuscaloosa, and they were gone. And uh, Channel 42 in Birmingham became the CBS for the entire market once the Aniston market and the, and the Tuscaloosa market were gone. So some local businessmen here put a station on the air, an independent station. I was hired as a sports director and probably would not have been here as long as I have been here. But in 2001, the university acquired the station and kept it as a commercial TV station. But uh, I became a state employee. So, you know, once I got vested at 10 years and and, uh, you know, it, it becomes harder to leave because, right. you know, pension and, you know, 10 became 20 and now it's 21 and a half. So I'm closing in on on a retirement. But it's a great opportunity to cover a, you know, a, a great university and a terrific sports athletic program in the University of Alabama. And literally, I'm sitting in Bryant-Denny Stadium right now, Paris. My office is in the digital media center in the stadium. I mean, I can walk out in the, in the newsroom and go to the window and look down at the Walk of Champions. That's 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 where I'm at. So it's worked out well. Well, that's kind of the epicenter, man. So that's that's good. I'm glad to – always glad to get in touch with you and glad to hear that, uh, that you're still doing well there in Tuscaloosa. Um, Gary, a lot of talk uh, lately about uh, Pete Golding, Ole Miss hiring Alabama's defensive coordinator for the same position uh, at Ole Miss. And uh, it just seems strange to say that, you know, that that Ole Miss, to me, that the very idea that Ole Miss is, has committed enough to funding football that, that it's, that it's going to hire somebody from Alabama, uh, I think represents uh, improvement in Ole Miss's situation and making that commitment to football but of course that's that's not enough uh you got to win some games now uh, I saw the reaction of a lot of Alabama fans as soon as the news started leaking out a lot of them are pleased to see Pete Golding gone 
from Tuscaloosa. What's is is that a fair reaction or is that just uh, fans over the top? Well, it's a fair reaction that the fans um, have decided, you know, on or at least the fans that we hear from. You know, Paris, you and I both know that the ones that are on social media and the ones that are calling sports radio talk shows like mine and, and others and and are the most um, boisterous and the loudest don't make up necessarily the majority of the, of the fan base, but they're the ones you hear from. And uh, I call it the mob mentality now on social media. You've got a group of fans who are who are um, you know, they're loud and, and, and they have fun with it. But once they've decided they want to change, there's nothing that you can do to satisfy them. And that group of loud, uh, you know, social media presence folks uh, decided they wanted to be going and gone. And so, yeah, you're hearing from them. Oh, thank you, Ole Miss and all that. You know, let me say this. I Pete Golden's a good football coach. Obviously, I don't think Nick Saban would have hired him uh, when he hired him in, in um you know, late 2017 and his first season was 2018, you know, as a very young coach, if he didn't see that he was a quality football coach. And then on top of that, uh, you know, after being hired as a defensive assistant, he became the defensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's done a good job, Paris. You have to keep in mind that, and you know this, uh, the game's changed a lot. I mean, what we consider playing good defense 10 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, you don't see that much anymore. You're not going to, you know, you're going to hold these teams down the way that, you know, when Saban first got here and started building those defenses with Kirby Smart and first Kevin Steele, uh, you know, when you'd hold people to 10 or 11 points a game, you know, and maybe under 300 total yards a game, those days are gone. So I think when you look at the job that Pete Golding did here at Alabama, I think he did a good job. They won a national championship with him as a defensive coordinator, played for another, uh, this past year, you know, was a was a, I thought other than the Tennessee game, the Tennessee game was a bad performance. There's no doubt about it. I thought they had a bad plan. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, they didn't execute whatever the plan was. They didn't execute it well. And they got lit up. You know, there's no other way around it. But Tennessee did that to a lot of people. And, um, you know, that was a bad performance. I talked to some people within the in the program that said, you know what, they own it. They know that 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 game was not a good deep, defensive performance. But, you know, if you go toward the end of the season, uh, and, of course, you know, look at what they did to Mississippi State. You know, Mike Leach, uh, they scored a touchdown in the final play of the game. That was the first touchdown they'd scored in three years against Alabama. And you look at what they did down the stretch of the season and you look at what they did in the Sugar Bowl. I think Pete Golding is an upgrade for Ole Miss. Uh, I think he's he's also become an excellent recruiter. And with his ties to Mississippi, I think he's going to be very, you know, very, very good in that area as well, having played at Delta State, having coached at Delta State, having coached at Southern Mississippi. So I think it's a great hire for Lane Kiffin. And in this situation, simply, I, I'm, I'm going to say this too, regardless of what you might read on the internet, um, had Pete Goldie not taken the Ole Miss job, I have no doubt that he would be back here. I'm not buying all that stuff about Nick Saban was going to fire him. I don't think Nick Saban was going to fire him. And uh, I think, but Pete, for Pete Golding, um, it was an opportunity to get a pay raise. And I think it's it's one of these deals where it's kind of a win-win-win. I think it's a win for Ole Miss. I think it's a win for Pete Golding. And ultimately, I think it has a chance to be a win for Alabama just because for Nick Saban now, he can try to uh, reinvent himself one more time. And they may be looking right. for an offensive coordinator here too, uh, very soon. But I think Pete Golding is a quality coach. Uh, great on the on the whiteboard. I think he has, you know, the great ability to draw up schemes. And if I've had one heard one criticism from people that are close to the program is that sometimes maybe – um, maybe it gets a little too complicated, or maybe they can't quite what they what they draw up get those players on the field to play loose and free because they're thinking so much sometimes. But you'd rather have a guy that has the knowledge, you know, than to be short. So yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really good hire for Lane Kiffin.
And I wanted to ask you that about uh, whether Pete would have gone back to Alabama. Of course, I've I've seen that narrative on social media, as you mentioned, and and uh, you know, and and being over here, I didn't know. So I wondered about that. But uh, you believe he would have been back next I, year? That's my opinion. You know, no one's told me that, but I have no reason to believe that um, Nick Saban wanted him out. I, I don't. I don't feel that way. I do think, like I said, when you go back to the DUI that. Uh, uh, that he got last year uh, in the off season, and then two, I think you know, uh, I don't, I don't, we don't get into personal business, but I think that I think that this this might also be a family decision to some degree for him that he feels like this is the best thing for him personally too. But I think he left on his own accord, Parish, and I think had he not left, uh, he would still be on the staff here at the University of Alabama. Some of the criticism I've seen of him from this season, maybe from last year too, was. Uh, performance of the defense in big games you hit on Tennessee you know we we saw that a lot of us saw that game or, or a lot of it uh the LSU numbers didn't look bad defensively at all I mean what 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 do you think about uh, Pete Golding in big games like this oh I, I I think the Tennessee game um is an outlier I think for the most part I mean you don't defensive coordinate um one national championship team, and that 2020 defense was outstanding. In fact, the worst game they had that year was against Ole Miss and Lane right. Kiffin. You don't coordinate a team that wins the, the national championship and the SEC championship and come back the very next year and coordinate a team that wins the SEC championship and plays for the national championship unless you you've got you win some big games and you play good defense in big games. So I think that, um, yeah, you know how it is. A narrative, people run with it and you get tagged with it and you know, it's big game Pete. You know, he can't come through when they play the top. But, you know, Parrish, another thing yeah. about, you know, again, the Tennessee game. Um, but there's a reason Tennessee was what they were on offense this right. year. A lot of people, you know, yeah. I, I always say, um, you know, it's it, when you play against really good offenses, it's more difficult to slow them down. Now, that was a bad game for Alabama defensively. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, you can't. People say we didn't come through in big games. Yeah, because usually big games are playing really good teams, right? You right. know. And, yeah. and uh, but all in all, like I said, when you look at this year, I thought overall the defense was was solid, and um, I, I think he's a good coach. I think it's an upgrade for Ole Miss. I think he'll work hard. I think he'll recruit well, and uh, I think he'll he'll do a good job. And I thought he did a good job here at Alabama. Well, I see what his defenses have done. Statistically, I see the numbers. And I, I'll tell you, the, the one year of Chris Partridge defense at Ole Miss uh, wasn't the best, but I've seen a lot worse. I've seen a lot worse in Oxford than what uh, Chris Partridge in that unit delivered this year. Okay, uh, But I do think this move makes Ole Miss better defensively. What I find a little odd here, and, and you know odd seems to follow Lane Kiffin. You know, mm -hmm. when you, uh, <clears throat> you make this kind of higher – of someone that you have a history with, that you've competed against, usually it's because the guy did something super impressive or overwhelmed you, or you were just really, you know, mm. take it, taken by uh, by his accomplishments head to head. I haven't mm. seen that as uh, as Pete and Lane Kiffin have gone head to head. I would say that in three games, uh, that uh, Pete Golding's defense really shut down Ole Miss for one half. You know, mm -hmm. I would say the first half of the game last year in Tuscaloosa, and then Ole Miss got some things done in the second half when that game was out of hand. But mm -hmm. the 2020 game, as you mentioned, uh, 63 to 48, mm -hmm. Ole Miss is at the 20 with seven and a half minutes left, and you 
It looks like uh, they're, they're going to yet again take the lead in that game, and they turn it over or, or get a stop or, or something there. Alabama got off the field right there. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the turning point in that game because it was, you know, was, they weren't going to come back from a two two score deficit, but mm-hmm. but it was that late in that game before mm-hmm. it turned. And then this year, I thought Ole Miss uh, ran on Alabama as well as they ran on anybody this year. And uh, so, just interesting. I found that to be a uh, you know something uh, as I say odd kind of kind of follows. Uh, yeah, it does. And and I kind of have a rebuttal to that, Parrish, that I think might be a positive for Pete Golding. Obviously, you know, Lane knows him well and liked what he saw from him. You know, Alabama did get the stop at the end of the game this year to win the game. Mm-hmm. And 2020, uh, you're right, that was that was the poorest defensive performance that Alabama had all year in the entire season. But I'll say this, having covered Lane here, having watched him at Ole Miss, um, and I've always said this about a lot of teams, A&M, who, you know, beating Alabama is just one part of the puzzle. You know, you beat Alabama, it doesn't guarantee you anything. A lot of these teams have knocked off Alabama, haven't made it to Atlanta. And I think in Lane's case, even though he didn't win the game, I think he's put I think he's put a lot into beating Alabama, Parrish. I think he's put a lot into beating Alabama. And I think that offensively, or whatever he can cook up, and we know he can cook up some neat stuff, I, I think he's sprung it on Alabama. And uh, even though they haven't been able to beat Alabama. They've given them good games. But you look at this year, I would argue with you, Parrish, that that game against that game against Ole Miss, I mean, against Alabama for Ole Miss, took a lot out of Ole Miss. And I would, I, yes, I would say Lane put so much into beating Alabama that he was kind of deflated after that game. Yeah, I, and that coincided with the the Auburn job search and all of that. And and uh, Ole Miss was. Uh, a different team after that uh, after that Alabama game for the rest of the year. And, and remember in, in 2021, I mean, he came here, get your popcorn ready. And and you're right, in the second half, once that game was, was uh, kind of out of hand, Ole Miss did some things. But in the first half, I thought Pete Goldie's defense, you know, we know Lane likes to go for it, but they went for it, but they didn't get it. They, and, you know, yeah. in Alabama, turnovers, they had some sacks, they made some big plays. So uh, I'm with you in regards to Ole Miss having had offensive success against Pete Golding in Alabama. But at the end of the day, Alabama was 3-0 in those games, and Golding's defense seemed to make plays when it had to make plays to win the game, and maybe that's something. Got to stop a fourth down stop there at the goal line in in Tuscaloosa in 2021. Could have set a different tone there if Ole Miss had punched in that that touchdown right there. So what kind of scheme uh, will, will Golding run, do you think? I guess the easy answer is multiple. We run multiple. Uh, and they have mixed it up quite a bit, you know, based on who they're playing and, and what they're playing. Uh, I guess basically it, it would be a, a three, four, uh, three down linemen, two outside linebackers that stand up and also put their hand in the ground. But they easily can switch to a four man front because, for one thing, Will Anderson puts his hand in the ground and becomes a four man front. Uh, two inside linebackers. Uh, and, and, you know, if you – I say this, they very rarely did they start four defensive backs. They usually started five DBs, as a lot of teams do. So, uh, and one one of those DBs is, you know, kind of a hybrid where he plays, you know, you come up and run support. But they it, – it is multiple. You know, I look out there at times, you know, they're playing, there were times they only had two def- – and I think maybe Ole Miss did this too, where you don't have two defensive linemen with their hand on the ground. Everybody else is standing up, you know. And, um, you know, and, and we'll, we'll bring pressure – I think the thing about blitzing is, and and I know a lot around here the criticism was, um, hey, you got to blitz more. You got to get to the quarterback. The problem with that is, if you got to blitz to get to the quarterback, 
you're leaving yourself vulnerable in the back end. Alabama's best defense is Paris, and you know this, were when they didn't have to blitz, you know, because they could get pressure with their front three or four. That ideally is is what you want to do. If you're good enough up front, you don't want to blitz because when you blitz, a lot of times you leave yourself vulnerable. But he would blitz. I thought in the uh, in the in the Sugar Bowl, man, he called some great blitzes with Brian Branch, and they got home. If I had a criticism of the blitz package here at Alabama, it was oftentimes now Brian Branch is a really good blitzer, but most of those guys, whether it was toe a toe or it seemed like they would blitz, but they weren't coming full speed, you know, pulling up at the line of scrimmage kind of thing. To me, you either blitz or you don't blitz. You know what I mean? When you come, when you send somebody to blitz, they got to try to get to the quarterback. You know, pulling up on the line of scrimmage doesn't do you any good. So I thought in terms of um, not as much in the call as sometimes in the execution, I didn't think they were always a good blitzing team. There were a lot of times they blitzed and they didn't get home. And that's really trouble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's bad can't get pressure, but when you bring blitz package and you don't get there, then you're really leaving yourself uh, the opportunity to get lit up. But all in all, schematically, like I said, I think I think the guy has is, is got a brain for defense. I have been told that he is a whiz on the whiteboard as far as X's and O's and being impressive in chalk talks and those type of things and understanding different defenses. Again, you've got to be able to execute it. And as a coach, not only do you have it in your head and draw it up, you've got to be able to teach it to the players. And maybe that's an area where um, – he can improve because I do, you know, talking to people at times, um, they felt like that Alabama, the plan was good, but that the execution was poor because they didn't necessarily uh, have the players freed up enough. They were thinking too much about about the plan and the schematics of it instead of just playing football. So did uh, did Pete have uh, free reign with the defense? Was Nick involved with that at all? I mean, did he? Well, yeah, I mean, it's Nick Saban, Paris. I yeah. mean, you know. Saban. And I and I think that that might be one thing that Pete's looking forward to, because Lane is an offensive coach. Obviously, you know if you're if you're if you're an offensive coordinator, you have to deal with Lane. I think he's going to be given free reign here at Ole Miss to run the defense. I, I think he he made the calls. I, I think he was the defense coordinator here. But I do think that when Nick Saban is the head coach, Nick Saban says, "This is my defense. This is our defense," and you work within um, that system. You know, I don't know that you have completely free reign to say. You know, if Nick Saban says this is the coverage package that we want to run, you got to install it, teach it, coach it, and all that. But it's still Nick Saban's defense. So I would not say no that he had a completely free reign, like I think he will at Ole Miss. I think he's going to put in the defense, and I don't think Lane Kiffin's going to come to him and say, "I want to do this." You know, I think he leaves that for the offense. So right. I, I, that's probably something that Pete Golden's excited about. So did you- credit if you have a good defense because around here. If even a Kirby Smart, you know, and and Jeremy Pruitt, if, if you do really well as a defensive coordinator, people say, yeah, but Nick Saban's a head coach. You know what I mean? Did defensive players get better? Did you see development there? You know, I, I look at, at Will Anderson this year, and I think, man, it's crazy to to say that a, a guy who had uh, ten sacks and seventeen tackles for loss was was off his game, but he was sure. phenomenal. He was not as effective this year, and even though he's the most honored defensive player in Alabama football yeah. history, and he- Award you could win this year. He did not have as good a year. I don't want to put that all on on Pete Golding. I mean, there's no doubt after the season he had last year that he was, you know, every offense game plan for him. And he, and some of that is, you know, when you draw the kind of attention that he draw drew, then somebody else needs to make a play. But he wasn't he wasn't as effective this year. He was good, but you know, last year, you know, Paris. I mean, he should have been in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. He was that good. Yes. And there was, I think, a drop off, but I can't put that all on Pete Golding. I mean, you know, the player's responsible for his play. And, um, you know, great players are going to get schemed for. And he got schemed for 
I mean, I'd look down sometimes, man, they'd have three guys on him. And, uh, um, and, and sometimes he set other people up to make plays. But I do think development is an area where uh, you, could, you could have some criticism on, on, on the defensive side of the ball here. And, I don't, again, I don't want to put all that on Pete Golden because you have, you know, position coaches. you got outside linebacker coaches, the Golden coach and inside linebackers. you had two secondary coaches. you got a defensive line coach. But I see a lot of talented, highly rated defensive linemen that have been recruited here that aren't on the field. And, you know, again, is that – are they not as good as they were made out to be or are they not being developed? I, I think, again, and, and Pete's over the defense as a whole, Freddie Rooks is a line coach, as you know from uh, right. his time – but I, I thought that development uh, lacked a little bit this year. I think Alabama, in my opinion, has more talented players on defense that did not get on the field. And to me, that's that's an issue. How much longer does Nick Saban coach? It's a great question. Obviously, nobody knows for sure. Uh, I, You know, watching him recruit this year, Parrish, you know, talking to some parents of recruits and the message that he has sent, and knowing how that fire is still burning inside of him, particularly with his, um, you know, his old protege, um, Kirby Smart, winning back-to-back national championships, I'm going to say at least five more years. Uh, I think at least five more. I, I think that he – this this recruiting class that they just signed that's the number one class in the country, I think he has made promises to those young men and their parents that he'll be here for their entire uh, career. Now, of course, with the portal and the way things work out, you know, they may all be gone in three years, but I think at least five, you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if he coaches longer. And you, you know, we talk about this often, but there are different types of 71 year old people. I mean, there you line up 10 71 year old people, and one may look 90 and one may look 55 like Saban does. And I don't see any very, I don't see anything different, There's the, you know, from when he first got here to now when I watch him operate. So I, I think he's I think he's now if the game's changed a lot, but that's one thing about Nick Saban. That's what's made him great. Is he's had the ability to evolve. It's been listen, Parrish, from the time he got here in the you know, 2008, 2009 when he started establishing this thing, rules started changing a lot. <laughs> you know, whether it was on the field or off the field, and he's evolved with all of them. I can go back to Kiffin and I'll tell you this story. Um, because there's there's a lot of misinformation about Lane Kiffin. Everybody says, well, Nick Saban hired Lane Kiffin to run the spread and RPO. That was not what Lane Kiffin had run. He'd always been a pro-style guy. You know that. He brought in Lane Kiffin because he loved Lane Kiffin's intellect and his mind. And they, But they Lane Kiffin learned that offense. That's not what he had run. And Nick Saban knew how good he was in terms of the schematics, but he brought Lane Kiffin in to evolve. But Lane Kiffin learned that offense that they ran with Blake Sims in 2014 on the fly. And now, you know, you look at Lane Kiffin, I call him a – uh, a football savant. I mean, uh, in his head, you know, he and, and maybe sometimes that's a weakness because he knows exactly what he wants to do. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, here at Alabama, some of the criticism was that maybe Lane didn't work as hard maybe as Saban wants assistant coaches to work, but he has a brilliant mind. But Nick Saban hired Lane Kiffin and people said, oh, my gosh, this is never going to work. Well, it worked until yeah. it didn't work right at the end of the, you know, the 2016 season. But uh, yeah, I think Nick Saban still got the fire and he'll do what it takes to, you know, to try to get back to the top. If you want to say they've dropped off, then he's going to work harder than ever to get them back there. Gary, good stuff, man. Thanks for being with us. Folks, for Gary Harris, I am Parrish Alford. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Justify Your Existence podcast.